late night TV. Images and voices in the dark, in our head. An electronic cabinet of curiosities, blurring the line between what is outside and what is inside. What we are and what we are told we should be. Perfection is but a tall free number away. And this cabinet is controlled by a magic wand made of cheap plastic and numbers. It fits right in your hand, and it is hard to let go. Our story today is the outside, and its director, Anna Lily Anderpour. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about the, the misfortune cookie. I do have to say here, uh, Terry, right before we start into all this, I actually happened to be at a store today that was a Japanese. It wasn't a supermarket. It was a little corner store at a mall, like near a food court, but it was full of like different like Japanese like uh, like ramen noodle bowls and like candy and things. Uh, and they had a, like a whole whack of fortune cookies. I did not buy any of those. What is it? Uh, that box to lunch or whatever? Uh, no, uh, it's I. It's just it was a little corner thing. It was over on the far east side of Cleveland, um, and they just since my wife watches like all these YouTube videos of like this weird like uh, like weird sorry different cuisine I should say like just because I don't eat it doesn't mean it's weird right? I was like ah, I should probably buy her some ramen and some other things because uh, she likes boba as well like boba tea. And they actually had um, make your own boba stuff too. I'm like, okay. So it wasn't like, um, you know, it's just, I didn't buy a fortune cookie because I, you know, I, I don't trust that shit anymore. You probably shouldn't, but you're also not a uh, jerk like uh, like our main character was. Her, in that yeah, episode. I wasn't like, yeah, I, I didn't walk in and be like, hey, you guys got a matchbook? Why? Because I'm going to set this place on fire. No, I didn't do that. But uh, yeah, so I just want to let everybody know that I did not buy a fortune cookie. Uh, I did walk out with a, a number of other things, including like shrimp chips, which I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, if, my, if, yeah. it, if it didn't steer you away from having fortune cookies, I don't know what else would have. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, you're talking about the, the TV <laughs> miniseries, right? It, yeah, that doesn't, you're right. That That's fair. Right. Like so. a baby fetus coming out of the wine or whatever. Well, Cause I mean, even I, in the book, that's I, really, yeah. really creepy. <laughs> well, I, I did buy two of those though. They were already, um, they were freeze dried. Uh, that, no. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, it just, it's tender. I don't know what that even means. So anyway, everybody, welcome, welcome to strange highways where we, we don't talk about fetuses that much. Um, you know, there's, you know, 
one out of 10 episodes. I don't even know what that means. Uh, this is the <laughs> anthology show in which we do watch the twilight zone. Uh, in order, we watched the original series already and we covered both Paramount plus Purdue seasons. And, uh, we're now part of the way through the first season of the eighties, um, iteration of it. However, with that being said, we did finish up, oh, was it episode 14 with the segment, the fortune cookie last, sorry, misfortune cookie last week. We decided to take a slight break cause this is the holidays and we wanted to do something that was Christmas related. So we decided to veer into the Netflix series that just came out in October recently, like the past you know month and a half ago. Uh, it was Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. And it's like, I think eight episodes. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch this when it came out. Granted, it's only been two months, so it isn't like we're completely behind on this. But when you suggested that, hey, hey there's one that's a Christmas-based like um, based episode, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. So here we are. This is what we're doing right now. Yeah, this was recommended to the show uh, by somebody. And uh, as soon as I found out that it was a not only Guillermo del Toro uh, creation, but the fact that it was a Christmas episode was in uh, this run of the, the show, I knew we had to cover it because we, you know, we always try to kind of uh, bring something fun to the table for the holidays. And, you know, we've had some interesting discussions about some holiday related stuff in the past. And uh, this was brand new, and I was like, "Why not? Why not something brand new?" It just came out a month and a half ago or two months ago. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like since it's on Netflix, it should be a lot more uh, readily available for most people than some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Like with uh, the Ace Twilight Zone, isn't always the easiest thing to find, right? Because uh, reasons. So, and also, if this shines a light on some like current um, creators all the better. Cause I was looking at, there's a, there's some really interesting names that have directed segments of this series. And the one we're talking about tonight, um, which would be, um, uh, was it season one, episode four, the outside is directed by someone we've talked about previously with Lily on Amanpour uh, on Lily on Amanpour. So there's a lot of interesting up and coming, or I should say, even say up and coming, uh, current horror directors that are doing things for this series. So I'm excited to get to the rest of these. Yeah, God, maybe these are uh, some episodes that uh, people are interested in. Look who's in the, you know, creating them, uh, the directors, the writers and that. Dog ear those for yourself because you're probably going to hear a lot more about some of these young and up and coming, uh, relevant up and coming uh, directors and writers and that. It's like, I mean, I know that some of them are hard at work at a lot of different stuff, um, have some very uh, critically acclaimed uh, material come out. But like they're, I, I think it's probably the like the, the Jordan Peels that we think about the you know the 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 other like well known creators like Eli Roth, they're not to that status, but they may be there very very soon. So yeah, like this is this is nice to have them have a, another platform to show their their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know one of them is directed by Jennifer Kent, who did the Babadook. Uh, there's a was it uh, Panos Cosmatos who directed Mandy. He's done a segment. Like there's some there's some names, right? There's some known names, and, and including Lily on Amapur. Um, it's it's kind of like um, we've talked previously about the Masters of Horror series, um, like you know, and how like they brought a lot of people together, like Mick Garrison Company, right? Where the people mm. that brought that together. So it's like I'm not saying this is the same thing, but. You could tell that Del Toro, uh, he, you know, obviously he is a very uh, engaging um, personality and director. Uh, very, you know, has a very unique vision. Loves horror, loves all types of horror, but also he always seems like the kind of guy that he's not. He, um, he's not a gatekeeper, um, but he welcomes people to the club. 
And I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see a fan, especially being in this business, somebody who is well versed on the genre itself and really wants to push the buttons of their of his watchers to of his you know of his viewers. Like you could tell, this dude is always trying to go one step further than what he had done before, and not even just like in the idea of like um, something horrific or anything, but just really kind of test the audience. That I, I think he also kind of relishes being like the horror host, like the Serling stand in with this too. So, because it's like, Oh, it's the Toro. Of course it's like, whatever he's going to present to me, I want to watch. So yeah. yeah. So this, this is good. Like I've only seen the one episode so far. I've been a bad uh, anthology watcher, but everything, the, everything about this has been uh, the production values through the roof. I love him being the host. I love the, um, the cabinet which I went and checked the first episode. It has multiple doors that he opens. So this isn't like he does the same door each time. It's kind of like a night gallery thing with him introducing each segment of the, of the cabinet. Which is, it's interesting. And you don't really see that so much as far as a, you know, a presentation of any type of series or anything like that. And I love that he has his own moment to kind of give a narrative that were, you know, what the viewer is about to watch and everything. So it's really, it's really cool. It's, it's something that's so old school and I love like this new life being breathed into it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, let's just get into it. Let's get into uh, season one, episode four, the outside. So, uh, uh who did what here, Terry? All right. So, uh, as we were just saying, uh, the creator of this series is, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I think people may know his name by now. I, you know, he won uh, best director, I believe, or, or yeah. uh, was it Shape of Water won Best Picture? It won I'm Best sorry. Picture, but I think he also won Best Director. Well, I mean, um, I'll have to double check that, but, but Shape of Water did win Best Picture. I know that for yeah. sure. So Crimson Peak, uh, Hellboy. Yeah, it's, I mean, he, he has a hell of a career so far, and I can't wait to see uh, like so much more of his. I mean, you know, Pan's Labyrinth is probably one of the most incredible fantasy films of the last 20 years. Yeah, and know? also like he has his uh, Pinocchio that came out on Netflix recently, too, and people are talking about that. Um, yeah, it's actually, gotten a lot of good buzz from what I've heard so far, and I can't wait to dive into that as well. Yeah, it's Del Toro, people. If you if you don't know him, go. You're in for a wonderful bit of things. And also, um, if you want to see him make a movie about robots fighting monsters, go check out Pacific Rim. It's a favorite of mine. Not not everybody loves it, but I love that movie. I, well, if, if anything, it's a lot of fun just to watch. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, next here we have our director. Uh, she's been mentioned a couple times already, but we'll give a little bit more light to what her she's done in her career so far. Anna Lily uh, Anapur, I think it's yeah, I think, I think it's uh, Lily Anna Amanpour. Yeah, yeah. So um, and she had worked on the Jordan Peele produced Twilight Zone came out a few years ago. She did two episodes for that. It was called uh, the. One in the first season was A Traveler, and then the second season she had Ovation. And we both those were both covered on this uh, show. So, yeah, go back to those and listen to those if you want more insight on that. And uh, and other than that, she also did, uh, which was a very popular, uh, like off the off the beaten path kind of horror film, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. So she did a short of this, and then got some more financing. And so she did uh, like a longer cut of that story. And yeah. she also worked on Castle Rock. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So I did watch that one season. Well, there was two seasons of Castle Rock. I watched the, the first one. Uh, but, yeah, um, like we, we, we talked about her previously. Uh, Ovation was an episode that I think we were more um, 
the presentation of that episode was great. It just some of the some of the scripting beats were a little weird. If I remember our conversation about that. So, but yeah, but it's good to see, it's good to see different voices still directing, not, not still directing, but different voices with different viewpoints coming in into the world of horror because it needs, it, it needs everybody, right? Cause, um, you know, how many times could we be like, you know, you know what, whose position I need just a uh, middle-aged white guy's p- position on horror. That's what I need. I need more of that. Please. And thank you. No, <laughs> I, br- bring me something different. Yeah. Shake it up. So uh, next year we have our writer, uh, Annalie Carroll. I, I believe you have a little bit more notes on this, uh, this lady and how she's brought something to this. Yes. Uh, so there's two credits here. This is actually the, the, the story, the screenplay for this was written by Haley Z Boston. So this is her third credit, but she was uh, part of a series on Netflix called brand new cherry flavor. And I'm going to give you the description. Here's the little tagline for the show. Uh, Lisa Nova, an inspiring film director in the sun-drenched but seamy world of 1990 Los Angeles, embarks on a mind-altering journey of supernatural revenge that gets nightmarishly out of control. All right, I'm in. So she wrote the screenplay on this based upon a short story called uh, Some Other Animals Meet by Emily Carroll, which um, we're going to put a link up uh, once we release the episode for the story. Uh, Some other animals meet because it's available to read for free. It's a, it's like you know maybe ten pages. It's uh, it's 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 comic. Uh, she is um, written a number of different anthology comics with the horror horror bent to them. Um, the one of the things that when I was like reading about her, I'm like, oh shit, really? Uh, there was a game in 2013 called Gone Home that was an independent game that got a lot of buzz at the time. I remember my wife played it and liked it a great deal. Um, a lot of the illustrations of that game are done by uh, Emily Carroll. So she's went on to you know, write some other comics as well. And, and from everything I've been reading here, which is not much because like IMDb gets weird. They're linking to the wrong person. Wikipedia doesn't have much. She seems like a really compelling voice. Uh, and, and also, you know, having writing, you know, horror, you know, as a female, um, you know, that's not something I am always, um, digging into. Not like I'm saying that incorrectly, but you know what I mean? Like it's not often that we, the space can be more and more with more voices. Like I just said, so I wasn't familiar with her work. People that are really dig it. Uh, I did read the short story right before we started recording. There are some uh, interesting elements in that and I could see how they pulled this into a screenplay. Um, but yeah, I'd be excited for, for other works of hers to get adapted as well. Yeah. I, I, the more the merrier as far as like yep. uh, voices in the community and that, and what they're bringing to, um, sh- a series like this. So yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see or hear something from her in the future. And I look forward to it, but, uh, next year we'll get into our cast. It's quite a bit of cast members here. So we'll try to be as brief as possible with it. Uh, so our cast is led by Kate. Minanucci? No, it's uh, it's Mikuchi. Mikuchi, okay. <laughs> Sorry. She, yeah, no, it's it's this it, it's it's I looked up the actual pronunciation. It's Mikuchi. Uh mm-hmm. and she, you know, um she's made the the she had a bit when she was on Conan O'Brien talking about like, yeah, my last name sounds filthy, but it is what it is. So yeah, that's it's Mikuchi. Yeah. So she plays Stacy in this. Uh she's done a lot of voice work uh, over the years. Uh she's she one of her biggest credits is she plays Velma in a lot of different Scooby Doo stuff. Um, you know, like there's been some straight to DVD movies and like a small run of a, a series as well. So yeah, she's pretty popular for that. Um, she also did 
a new version of DuckTales. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was also in uh, Clerks 3 for a bit role. Um, yeah, which I've not seen Clerks 3 yet. I need to. Uh, she had a recurring role on Scrubs. Uh, I, you know, just, I, I love her. I, I think she's just, uh, just, she has a really good sense of humor, um, unique voice. She also is part of a musical duo called, uh, Garfunkel and Oates, uh, where like it's her and uh, another lady, uh, that they're, they're a musical comedy act and they're really sharp. Like I, like when I saw that she was in this, um, I was already, I was already interested because it's a Del Toro, you know, produced project. And I knew I was going to like be, I knew there's going to be a lot of talent brought to this, but I'm like, it's always interesting to me when you bring in people that are known for comedy and you bring them into something like this, that gives them the opportunity to show that they can, they can stretch in different ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, so next year we have Martin Starr. He plays Keith. He was in a bunch of episodes of freaks and geeks back in the day. He was also a knocked up. Uh, I recognized him. Uh, for being the one of the teachers in the newer Spider-Man, the Tom Holland version of the Spider-Man movies. Um, he's a teacher in that. He's been in the three movies thus far, so we'll probably see him again in one of the newer films. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. Uh, what was it? We found out that uh, one of the bits, I think we, what was it, the second movie? No, it was, yeah, it was the second movie where he found out that his wife had lied to him about being snapped out of existence by Thanos because she just left him. <laughs> it was like, so for like five years that like he thought his wife was just like gone to like, you know, existence. It's just that she just was like not telling him that she left him. I thought that was like real small joke, but Martin Starr played it really well. Um, yeah. Like I recognize him most from those, but again, he's, he's a comedic actor again, like not cast against type here because he, he, you know, he's playing a sympathetic character here, but you know, he, he has to be, um, a bit grumbly, right? Like, cause he's the, he's the way the things um, have always been versus Stacy's character of wanting things to be different. Right. So, um, but yeah, next year we have Dan Stevens. Uh, he is the aloe glow man, uh, salesman on the TV in that uh, he was in the guest and he was also in beauty and the beast uh, for a, a bigger role as the beast. Yeah. Um, I, Dan Stevens is awesome. Like when I saw he's also in this too, I, I perked up because, uh, uh, he was, uh, you mentioned the guest, which is an awesome movie. People need to check out the guest. If you're not seeing it, he's so good at it. He's so terrifying in that. Um, he was in the, uh, the FX series Legion for three seasons where he played the lead character in that. That's a, that's a mind uh, F of a show. Um, he's really good in that, but also one of my favorite movies from the last couple of years was apostle. That's also on Netflix. Uh, he's really, really good in that too. So, um, yeah, like I uh, just he has he has these piercing eyes that you did know, something about like yeah all right Dan Stevens you're looking at me I guess I can I guess I can die now because I don't know what else to do because you're staring at me through the TV with your he he has hair like um oh what was the two tiger tamers um uh, Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy, and Roy. yes yeah, Siegfried and Roy hair. You know, like almost you're like, all right, take, take me away, Dan Stevens. I'll buy all your Aldo glow man stuff right now. Like he's like got like the power of Kilgrave or something like that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 He's the, he's the purple man. And I'm like, sure, bring it. You know, that's fine. All right. So next year we have uh, Kylie uh, Evans. Uh, She plays Gina in this. Uh, She was in a bunch of episodes of the strain, which was a Del Toro Mm -hmm. uh, joint project too. Uh, and then she was in uh, episodes of Good Witch, which I'm not familiar with it, but she was in quite a bit of episodes of that. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is, <laughs> but I did write down the strain. Cause so Del Toro clearly, you know, being a producer, um, worked with them before. So, you know, I'm sure that was a happy reunion reunion. Yeah. So, and then next here is a, I, I believe I'm pronouncing this correctly. It's a Sabrin rock. Uh, see, she plays Cassidy. She was also in the strain and, uh, black mirror. Yeah. She was in uh, season four, episode two, Archangel. That's the one directed by uh, Jodie Foster. Um, it's it, you know, it's not my favorite of the series, but it, like it's Black Mirror, so you know, um, you know, something bad's about to happen, you know. So yeah. All right. So, and then next here is uh, Diana Bentley. Uh, she plays Jill. She was uh, she's in a bunch of episodes of Frontier. That's a Jason Momoa show, and uh, she was in Lock and Key as well. Yeah, and also an episode of Channel Zero or a season of that, which I know is an anthology series that I've not gotten to, but worthy of mentioning just because it's an anthology. And then we have uh, Shauna McDonald. She plays Kathy. She was in Saw 6 and Saw 3D. And she was in the, the uh, Stephen King adaptation of uh, or at a book that was ad- adapted into a movie, 11-22-63. Oh, so. good call. I didn't even pick up on that. So, um, all right. So the last, the last credit I, ha- I have here, cause there's a lot of people here that are, uh, they're working actors. We, we appreciate their efforts here. Unless you have anybody else that jumps out at you, Terry, I have one, I have one last credit here. No, go ahead. Uh, okay. It's uh, Chloe Madison. She plays the Aloe Globe, beautiful assistant that's on the TV as well. Dan Stevens, the, <laughs> like she was an episode of the boys and I cannot place her. Right. But her, um, her title in that episode is snowflake cucks wife. <laughs> wow. That's a hell of a credit there. Wow. Yeah. Um, so just figured that's, worthy that's of mentioning. Rights. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, the, I, the only other thing I was going to bring to note for her is she was also an American gods. So. Oh, there you go. Good call. All right. So, uh, so yeah, that's who we have doing what and everything. So, um, I just want to mention here before we get into the outside, um, the credit sequence in this show is beautiful. Like I, I loved the music and just the intro sequence and just, it's complete. It's just, it's a delight. So like if people skip credit sequences, this is not one to skip. I thought it was really cool. Oh, the music in it is great as well. I mm-hmm. mean, very like it, it sets a, a tone yeah. uh, as you're getting ready to watch the episode. And I just, I, I think the whole, the whole, like just not just that sequence, but you know, Del Toro talking in the beginning, like I was in, I was like in for the ride. Like I was totally excited to watch this just from that. Yeah. I like that. Cause like, you know, you're expecting something really weird to pop out, but it's a remote. Right. And I'm like, that's why I got like that night gallery vibe of like, well, that's just a common household object. Like, how's this going to mess with it? Like, Oh, we find out. Um, but, but yeah, let's just get into, um, the outside. I would recommend people. I know we've been talking for 20 some minutes here already into the episode. If you've not seen this yet, please stop, watch it. It's an hour or so. It's a little longer than some of the things we talk about, but, um, this is one of those ones. Like, I'm not saying that it's, um, full of like twists and turns, but I'd say it's more of an emotional, uh, and like, just it's, it's an experience that I don't want to take from somebody because it does, it is a journey that take, takes you places you know, that I think is better served sight unseen than us talking through it. So if you've not actually watched it yet, if you have Netflix, if you know somebody has Netflix, cause Netflix was all cool about people borrowing passwords until recently for reasons. Um, I'd say stop listening right now and check it out and come back to our conversation. 
yeah, sign up for uh, Netflix just so you can watch us or whatever. It's it's definitely worth checking out. And, uh, you know, once you burn through the eight episodes, uh, maybe you can cancel it again. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> I I mean, I for just to like show my hand, I I really enjoyed this. And like, I'm totally uh, I'm in for the rest of the episodes. Like I really want to check out the rest of the series. Yeah, I almost did. But I didn't want to like completely like stuff my mind full of other things. You know, like, um, not that my mind's like, you know, I can only hold two thoughts at once, but I didn't want to watch other episodes and then kind of, you know, put distance between this. So I held off, but I want, I do want to get to the rest of it. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll start off here. It's, um, it's, we, it's Christmas, Christmas time. Uh, we, uh, you know, middle, like it's basically, I don't know where this place is, but just, we live in Ohio. It's Ohio. That's, I'm going to guess it's somewhere in Ohio. I I think one of the notes that I I read that it's supposed to be like Illinois or it was fashioned after a town in Illinois. Sure. so it's anywhere America. Yeah, it's, it's East Ohio is what it is. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, like it's middle, it's like, you know, it's middle America. Um, and so we have Stacy by herself in the evening. Uh, you know, like I just, one question I would ask you, like we see the, we see the interior of her house, uh, her and, um, uh, it's, um, I want to say Martin, that's not his name. Uh, his, well, Keith, right. Keith's her husband. Um, mm-hmm. like he works, obviously works nights. He's a, he's a, a cop of, of some, like he's a law enforcement person of some sort. Like, did you have, did you ever see a stove in the house? Did you ever see an oven top? All I ever saw was that microwave. I know it's a small detail, but it was weird to me. Uh, I, I, I'd imagine I, but it seems like the primary source of their, uh, their food is coming from the microwave. <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, even yeah. like in another, another sequence, the, the husband is eating uh, pigs in a blanket. That the he biggest, prepared in the the biggest pigs, the blanket that I've ever seen. It was like, you know, hogs, hogs. And um, I don't know. They were huge. They, these things were, they, they're the size of baseballs. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, you know, but hogs in a pullover. I don't know. That's not even a thing. But uh, so she's eating these microwave wings uh, and she's sitting by herself watching a lot of infomercials. And, um, and then she hears a noise in the house. She goes and grabs an axe in the kitchen, like just, you know, your everyday axe that you have. Um, but then we find like, as she's walking around the house, one of the things we learned from just her existence is that when you get to the basement, there's a lot of taxidermy in this house. And it's not like, it's not creepy taxidermy. This isn't like you walk into the room and like, um, like I don't know, like roadhouse and you see every animal on a wall. Um, but it's like, we see that she's accustomed to either she's the one that does the taxidermy or her husband, but there's a lot of these pieces around. So them having like, you know, sharp objects doesn't surprise you if they're taxidermists, right? Like well, her and Norman Bates have a lot in common with this. Fair so. enough. Um, but I, just, I, and I, as I'm talking about this, it makes me think of like how she's really good at it. Uh, we find out that she's really good at taking like, uh, you know, objects and removing their insides, but making the outsides beautiful. And then also, I think there's probably something to be said for them just eating constantly microwave food where it is, uh, you know, it's, it, it's also kind of artificial in some ways because it's like, it's already pre-prepared. I think that, I think there's a lot of that that's going on in this story that maybe, maybe I'm not smart enough to pick up on, but watching a second time through, these are the things I think about while watching some of that stuff. Yeah, and I think one of the things that comes into light too is that when we see the other characters in here, um, the other women that uh, Stacy works with, 
it's a very like Instagram lifestyle oh. that we're kind of being presented. Yeah. Where not only is she watching the things on television of all these things that you can do to your body to make yourself better, all these infomercials that like promise you all these empty promises selling snake oil and that. But it's the same idea that she gets from her coworkers. It's just like they're so glamorous. They live in beautiful houses. They look beautiful. There's a clear difference between her and seeing these people. Yeah. Uh, you know, because like here she is cooking chicken wings in the microwave, walking around in a big nightgown. But yeah, her hair's not done. It's like she, you know, there's nothing glamorous around it. Yeah, credit to Kate, uh, you know, to um, uh, Kate. That's her name, right? Kate Micucci. Um, yeah, to to be so vulnerable on camera, to you know, make herself look very um, like, you know, it's part it's part of the story, right? But that's a very that's a you're exposing yourself, you know, to make yourself like that look that like. I, unappealing is not the right word, but she feels that like when we get to her own opinion of her self worth, that's like that's where she she kind of states it the character. But I want to mention here real quick um, when she hears the noise, she calls her husband who's at work, and she's like, "Well, there could be something here," and he's like, "There's nothing there." Like, and she's like, well, "Let's just say the thing." He's like, "There's nothing there. You're fine." You get the relationship that he's had this call probably every night that he's at work. He tells her she's fine. She needs to hear it. So he's kind of like that, um, like that point of um, stability. And like, you know, it, there's something like, you know, like he's not being, you don't get the idea. He's like, like um, mad about it. You know, like I never got the idea that he was a complete asshole. Right. I don't know if you got the vibe. Like he was a little, he, he didn't understand, but I don't think he was being a bad guy the entire time in this whole thing. It doesn't seem that way. It seems that he's painted in like the sympathetic role, but yeah. he's also the guy who has to still do his job and everything. Yeah. So it's like the idea that's like, all right, well, she's calling again. This is just her. This is the woman I fell in love with. So I'm going to talk her down off the ledge again because it's the thing I do. Yeah, you know, it's, it, There is a bit of comfort there for her, but it's also a grounding for her too. That's like there is still this uh, idea that, if I call him that he's going to make it better, even though he's not here. Yeah. And that's the status quo, which, you know, that's something that we'll get into a little bit later. But then you mentioned like, um, like the next day that she goes to the the bank and she sees her coworkers. Right. Um, I just, you, you talk about how they live in nice houses and everything. I'm like, when you said that, it made me think I'm like, yeah. And they ran that, uh, that scissor hands kid out of town. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very like Stepford Wives kind of a scenario, very uh, Edward Scissorhands yeah. kind of scenario. It's, it's what it almost feels like, right? Like they all like, like they all have their pastel houses and their same cars or whatever. But no, these are all, these are all like, um, you know, uh, the, the, was it the housewives of Southern Illinois or whatever? Like they're just catty bitches. Well, right? it, yeah. it was very reminiscent of American Psycho and like, yes. All the brokers that uh, Patrick Bateman works with, you know, just like being vulgar, talking about women like they mean nothing. And that this is a very similar situation. These women are uh, degrading to their own husbands and that. Yeah, it's a very it's a very like um, 
obvious pecking order, but since like, you know, they're bank tellers and like, I like, <laughs> it's like, it almost makes me think of like, but she can't, she type. It's like, Oh, bank tellers are the most important job in the world. Whatever. Anyway, uh, like the way they're all dressed and the way that they, they're just talk shit about everybody. And then mm-hmm. when we get Stacy coming into work and you know, like she's dressed a little frumpy, but she, the, I don't, it's like, it, it's, you know, you get, you definitely get like Carrie vibes a little bit about how like she is just, she's her own person, but she kind of wants to fit in, but doesn't really have like the, like the social vocabulary to do it, you know? And, but yeah, she ends up like watching these three ladies, you know, talk shit and whatever. But at one point the, the leader, uh, the, the, the lady who's the blonde, uh, Gina, Gina, uh, she ends up pulling out some owl, aloe glow and is rubbing on her hands. And we end up seeing, uh, Stacy kind of mimic it. It's almost like that is like, Oh, that's what I'm missing. You know, like you get that, like if I could just fit in, then I could be like them. Um, but yeah, so that's whenever, um, she, uh, we find out later she's working late. She gets invited to a secret Santa party and the secret Santa that she gets is Gina and she doesn't have a gift. So there that's, I like the, the, um, there's an immediate cut here of her holding a, a rifle and just, she just shoots a, like, um, like a duck out of the sky. And so she's like, you know, credit to her. Good, good with the shot. She didn't ruin the carcass. Right. That's pretty impressive. But, um, yeah, she ends up like, uh, like, uh, being very, uh, matter of fact and showing that she's really good at taxidermy. So I, I think that also shows you as a viewer that she does have talents and she has like, um, a ways to express herself, but I could also wouldn't, how would you feel to be like the next door neighbor and be like, Oh God, they go shooting something again. That's where it was like, I was thrown off by that. I was, maybe this is something is a little bit more accepting in like maybe Montana where your neighbors are like, yeah. Oh yeah, well he's, she's just shooting down a duck to stuff it again. Or, you know, just preparing dinner for Keith. I, I don't, if we did that shit in Ohio, <laughs> you know how many people would be like, uh, yeah, can you please call 911, honey? They're doing it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're doing it again. Like, like there's like, a specific area of like Parma where it's like, oh God, there they go shooting at the animals again, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, where I grew up in West Virginia, there would be no phone calls. You know, that would be like, well, all right, as long as it's one of my animals, it's fine. You know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, just, I think it's also worthy of noting how she ends up like, like very like astutely pulling out all the insides and everything. And then how like she, you know, puts like the fake stuff in how like she's artificially making something beautiful or I should say, yeah, go ahead. It's a duck too, which I think is somewhat symbolic because she is kind of the, the odd duck or the ugly duck. Fair enough. That's a good call. I didn't didn't put that together. Um, yeah. And like like the whole thing is like, she's taking out like what, what made the thing alive, but then keeping it's outside. Right. So there's probably, probably a lot of things there. I'm not smart enough to, to suss it all out, but there's something there. Right. So, um, but then, um, I also want to point out too, did you notice that during the filming, all this, there's this kind of like the, some of the focus is like, it's, it's all, it's not a fisheye lens, but there is a depth of perception that is off putting. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like it felt almost, it's not like fisheye where you're looking through like a peephole of like, um, like a, a door, like at a hotel room, but some of the perspective felt a little off all the time with some Especially of the when shots. somebody is talking to Stacy. Yeah. Uh, we've definitely got a lot of those views of her husband talking to Stacy 
Uh, and then like her talking to a couple of her coworkers, but yeah, the focus definitely was drawn directly to, to Keith's face in, yeah. in a weird kind of uh, ratio. It's almost like they did a thing where they, like they would kind of go for the wide shot, but kind of like not zoom in. It was just the thing really like whoever did the cinematography made everything feel off putting, especially when we get to the Christmas party. And there's a bit where we get Stacy sitting in a chair in the center of the shot and everything around her just felt like a million miles away. And it really wasn't like there, like, and there's, there's things like that, that, um, that really help sell the emotional bits going on in stories like this, where, even if you and I may not be like schooled in that type of technique or what's going on or whatever, you, you still take that information in and there's like, there's an emotional resonance to it that I think goes a long way with this episode. I think that you also see it a little bit more on a second view, you know, upon Mm -hmm. a a first viewing of this, we're just kind of getting the story, soaking it up and then running with that the second viewing really starts to bring that stuff into focus and really you, you are able to analyze it a little bit more. And I, I, I did enjoy this quite a bit on the second viewing as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, because it, of those it, reasons, it's just, it just, you know, it just makes you feel as alienated as she is. Right. Or, or as she sees the world a little differently than everybody else, you know? So, but yeah, we get to the, the secret Santa party, um, and then the, everybody is supposed to be, uh, everybody's all dressed up and pretty and she, you know, she tried her best. And then she even, there was even a bit where she's talking to her husband. She's like, Oh, I got invited to a secret Santa. And he's like, you hate this woman. She's like, well, you know, it just took a little while. And it's like, you get that, like, you almost like, you want to be like, no, honey, don't do it. This is like every high school dance situation, right? Like it's Lucy in the football, something bad's going to happen, but she's excited. She gets to the party, you know? everybody's there talking and then they do the gift exchange and it's the not so secret Santa. And then all the women there, they all get, um, aloe glow. Everybody's excited for that. And, uh, even Stacy gets aloe glow and, and she realizes that like, there's that brief fear on her face of like, what have I done? <laughs> you know, like she has this huge box she's giving to Gina and then Gina's like, Oh, is that my present? She's like, Oh yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, here you go. And then like Gina, she has that look of like, oh, what, what is this? And, and Stacey's like, well, it's not going to bite you. And it's like, it's this really beautiful, like taxidermy, you know, like mallard, right? And Gina doesn't understand it. And she's like, well, I'll just let it, I'll let it go back. I'll, I'll let it live over here. Um, I mean, she yeah. may as well have given her a piece of shit in the box because that was yes. the way that she looked at it. She looked down at this thing. And you could even hear the other girls uh, going like, Oh, you know, like, Oh my God, or what the hell? Yeah. Like I told you, we shouldn't have invited her. Like, like if you really analyze what's going on in the background, all that like chirping from the other women, it's like now Stacy's got to really feel terrible. And I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm a weirdo. I would have loved this gift, especially (laughs) if I had known like a friend had made this for me, I would have thought this was the most boss thing ever. Like it would be so cool. (laughs) Uh, you know, Anybody wants to buy me a gift or make me a gift or stuff me a gift. Stuff you a this gift. Is, stuff me a gift. Okay. <laughs> this is it, dude. This would be awesome. I would love this. <laughs> oh, like, but would it, would it, um, would it be better or worse where if like, you know, like a year ago, someone's like, Oh, I, I have an egg. It's one day. It's going to be a duckling. Do you want to name it? And then you find out like a year later, like, Oh, I got this for you. What? It's that duck you named. And I showed you its progress as a duck. But like, would you still want that as a gift? Uh, that's a, 
Maybe not that way. Oh, maybe not that one. Okay. <laughs> not that way. You're like, listen, listen, we, you know, yeah, Howard and I, we, we, we formed a bond. I can't have, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it would have to be Howard. <laughs> if there was a name, it would be Howard the Duck. Yeah. Yes. No, but no, like taxidermy, like it's not like, you know, when it's done well, it's it's amazing, right? Like, and you, like, I can respect that. Uh, yeah, go, I have go, some yeah. taxidermied stuff myself, and I just, I think it's a, uh, an art that really isn't um, prevalent like it used to be. I mean, this was a, a big thing back in the day, and now you have to go to weird oddity shops or conventions, like yeah. in some cases, <laughs> or, or and get some of this stuff. Google bad taxidermy, and like it's the stuff of nightmares, but also kind of funny. Uh, yeah, but yeah, her work is good, right? So. Uh, Gina doesn't appreciate it, but everybody gets their aloe glow and everybody and like, dude, like, I, I don't know if you noticed, I watched this with my headphones on both times, or I should say the second time oh, I watched yes. with headphones, <laughs> the sound design in this is so upsetting. It of, really, yeah. really is like, yeah, especially if you are wearing headphones the like the squishing Ugh. sounds and I'm not even going to try to replicate it right now because it's no. so vile and disgusting. I don't want our, our listeners to turn off. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty effective too, because now she's got the, the lotion too, and she can kind of uh, emulate what they're doing and kind of fit in in her but own little they're way. They're almost having an orgy. Like I was expecting something from like society to start yes. happening. I was expecting some shunting good time to go on there. Like how they're just <laughs> euphoric for this stuff. And you hear the squelching and the squishing, you know, like, I mean, it's the winter time. My skin dries out. Like my wife bought me some hand lotion. So I use it like once a day. And so you do get that, that noise, but it's like, I don't sit there and be like, Oh, you know, what would be really great right now. If I could have sex with my hand, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> oof, you know, like that. You put, you put, you put your, uh, earplugs in and then apply it to your skin. So you don't <laughs> yeah, have to go to yeah, I can't, I, I just can't turn myself on that much, you know, like just, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I'm glad you said the society thing, because that was definitely, uh, in my notes to bring up. Because it it very much is like uh, like some of the scenes in society where and, and people if, are rubbing yeah, each and, other and, and as well. If people, if you've not seen the up. film Society, I would say do yourself a favor and w- at least watch it once. I think it's a movie that's worthy. Like it's it's a it's a really it's a dark comedy, uh, but it gets it goes places. Right? Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. To, to, leave it plainly yeah it's it's it goes into weird places yep, it's, a, it's a it's a shunting good time but anyway but yeah these women the way they're reacting to this it's almost like it's almost like it makes me think of like the stuff as well where it's like this is amazing you know like okay great right um but whenever um you know uh whenever stacy goes to apply it it's like she has an immediate allergic reaction like her, her skin just breaks out and then that also doesn't help the social anxiety that she already has Cause she's already not part of the group. And then one step removed that this stuff, like it is, it isn't even like, it's not even helping her fit in more. Right. So she gets like, you know, she ends up leaving quickly. Um, there was the whole bit. What was it? Where Gina's like, what was it? Uh, Stacy's like, well, I'm so sorry for ruining the evening. She's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Or whatever. And she's like, you know what? It's cold. You should go <laughs> like just mix or leave the house, whatever. It's so bad. But, um, yeah. So then we get back to, um, you know, back to her place and her husband, Keith's like trying to reassure her that it's like, you know, it's just a reaction. You're, you have sensitive skin, you know? And he's like, you know, just, just don't use it. You know, like you don't have to use it. You're, you're, you're perfect the way you are or whatever. Right. Uh, but this becomes like the spiral, right. Where, uh, she is like almost like th- she feels like this is like the gateway 
for her, right? This is the idea of like, this is supposed to be the thing that's supposed to make things right. She's so concerned about uh, fitting in with her peers at work and that, that Mm -hmm. it's like, she would rather put herself through the excruciating pain of applying this stuff continuously to her skin to even just possibly get to the point where she might be mm-hmm. glamorous and gorgeous and, you know, fit in with the, with this click. Now it's like it, it, and like you said, it's kind of like, it's the door, it's the gateway to possibly achieving that. And she'll, she'll do it. She's, and she does. <laughs> yeah. and she keeps on applying it. So, well, she ends up going downstairs that night and that's when the TV, she's like watching TV. Um, I can't remember if it turns on by itself or not, but that's when she gets the infomercial for aloe glow. Right. And the aloe glow man played by Dan Stevens, who I love just his, his accent. You can't place it, which I think is awesome. Right. Like he just, he, like he keeps saying Stacy, like, like to her. I love, I, I wish I could like Dan Stevens is a treasure. I love him, but like, he is so uh, magnetic and like talking to her directly through the TV. And she's kind of getting freaked out about it where, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, second time through, you're like, you begin to wonder how much of this is more of her world, like her worldview versus like something supernatural going on. But the first time you got Dan Stevens talking through the TV, you're like, oh, shit's about to get weird. And it, and it does. Um, but he says, you know, you have to use the whole bottle. And he's like, you want a full body transformation, don't you? And then she's like, yeah, but it hurts. He's like, well, it hurts when it works. You know, and he's like, and he says to her, you have a lot of healing to do, Stacy, which is probably like one of the, like, it's one of the biggest lines of the episode. You know, it, it, it says so much. It's effective too, because obviously, uh, as a viewer, you're, you're seeing that she's talking to the television, but there's no possible way that the TV is trying to communicate with her. But this is the, the, the psyche that she's trapped in right now. Uh, it's a way that her brain is trying to rational rationalize. If you want to get better, if you want to make the change, then you have to go through the pain. Mm-hmm. And, and then, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's effective and super scary because you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, rec room for a dream mm-hmm. as well. Well, yeah, because it's like you, even though you're, um, like your outsides, like deteriorating, you're like, but this is, this is what I have to do to fit in. You know, like I, so I do understand that, but like, uh, he advises her to order a whole, a whole box of her. Right. So it shows up like the next day. Um, and then, um, Keith seeing like, you know, you know, maybe you should stop using that. And then she's like, you know, um, yeah, he's being like, like honest, like you look pretty bad and she doesn't want to, wants to stop because, uh, she thinks she's changing. Right. Like she's like, you won't like, you're not accepting me going through this process. And then like that evening, she's like trying to not itch herself. And I, this is also one of those bits too. That's kind of funny where he's like, go downstairs and get oven mitts to wear to bed. <laughs> you know, like if you're going to be itching, wear oven mitts, which, you know, that's kind of funny. I just know that if I ever got that itchy, even if you made me told me to wear oven mitts, those things are coming off in two seconds, you know, unless you tape them to me. You know, that's like, you'd have to physically weld these oven mitts to me to stop me from scratching. Uh, but she goes down to get the oven mitts and that's when the TV turns on by itself. And, um, Dan Stevens, the aloe glow man starts talking to her again and he's like, let the new you grow. And he keeps convincing her. And I like, um, right before, right before the TV turns off, he just real quick says, use more aloe glow. And the TV turns off. I'm like, always a salesman, aren't you, sir? You know, like drink your Ovaltine TV off. <laughs> right a crummy commercial 
Um, it, it, yeah, it's 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 again the, the it's the control that the, not only that the product has over her, but her own mind. <laughs> you know, like she's trapped in this idea that yeah, now it's it. Like now you you got the product. It's downstairs. It's waiting for you. There is no there's no going back. Yeah, I mean, I also wonder if there's some of this with like um like people with like body, you know, issues in terms of like, you know, self self-image issues and like eating disorders. You know, like where it's like, well, the body dysmorphia. Yeah, that's that. the word. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. More it's more like, yeah, I, what I'm doing is hurting myself, but like if it if it makes me look appropriate to everybody else, then I'm going to do it. You know, like that's, and I'm sure there's a lot of that in this too. Again, I, I feel like I'm like covering the surface level. I, is that a pun talking about this kind of thing going on with the skin? I don't know. Anyway. Um, but there's this thing that happens cause she had the box of the allegal in the basement after the TV turns off, all the, the tops of the bottles pop off and the stuff starts spilling out, which makes me think of the stuff. Right. But I also wonder if this is more, um, like with Stacy kind of being an unreliable narrator, in terms of like us following her experiences, meaning I think we're seeing her perception of everything going on versus what actually is. Does, does that make sense? I th- no, it makes a, yeah. uh, it makes a ton of sense yeah. because you know, this is her mind playing yeah. with, with her. And then I, I think it only makes sense to show these, uh, these scenarios and through her eyes. Yeah. Cause she goes down to go get more and that's when she sees all of it spilling out and she freaks out for a second. Right. And then, um, we end up, there's a bit here later on where she's, uh, like, what was it? She's looking in the mirror at herself and then she starts like scratching at her arm, which by the way, I got to mention, I did watch this the first time through with my wife and any time it got to like, um, like skin damage, she was like, she, you know, she was like tapping out. Like she's like, I can't handle like, you know, because we're always waiting for that moment where she's going to rip her skin off. You know, like that's the whole thing you're waiting. You're waiting for like, um, you know, um, total know. poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. You're waiting for the poltergeist. <laughs> that, there you go. We're waiting for the poltergeist. We're waiting for the bundle fly. We're waiting for something to happen here. Right. Um, but so I, there's the bit where she's like, you know, peeling her skin off and it cross cuts to, um, the microwave with the pigs in the blanket which I thought is one of the funnier moments of this because it's such a gross cut, right? Cause you got her peeling on her skin and then we have, you know, uh, pork products wrapped in, you know, whatever being microwaved. It's yeah, like, more, it's like yeah. more meat, meat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, what was it? I think Keith was doing the, he was doing the uh, pigs in the blanket, which this thing back again, again, those things were huge. Have you ever had pigs in the blanket that big? Like no, but I I need to find them now. I, this is probably at the Sam's Club or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you when you go to buy in bulk, it isn't that you buy a bunch of small ones. You just buy one large one, right? And <laughs> it's, a, it's a ham hock in a blanket. Yeah, right? it's a ham hock and a hammock. I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's huge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's like he's telling her he's like you know like also I, I want to mention here too that. Like as much as he's kind of like, you know, steady as it goes and he does, he does love her. I don't doubt that at all. The way this character is, he doesn't want her to change either. And I, it's not, it's, I don't think it's because he is like this curmudgeon. I think it's just more like, well, this is what's been working for us. Why change it? But also when I notice here that, um, he is like into like, um, poker a lot like reading books on and watching TV about poker. So is he, isn't he just as guilty of like escapism of like, you know, if I could just win that one big hand, things will be different. You know, I feel like he has his own escapism and he's not acknowledging that 
he also believes that, you know, things could turn quickly. If, if only if I understood how poker worked better that, you know, right. like, well, you know, there, there is, is a somewhat of a rut that a lot of, I mean, let's get real here. I mean, I'm married as well. You get into a, a somewhat of a, a routine, a rut, and they're in that rut part of their life where, mm-hmm. but Keith is fine with it. Keith is not really affected to the point where he sees anything wrong, but it's just, a normal lifestyle where it's like, okay, not, nothing's, nothing is rocking the boat. Yeah. But you know, through all of these moments that Stacy is experiencing with like, not only her coworkers, but constantly watching the television and, you know, and I, we've all been there. We've all seen the infomercials. We've all seen the commercials where it's just like, you're not good enough. If you only weighed a little less, if you only did this to your skin or whatever, then here you could have a better lifestyle or, uh, you know, people wouldn't react to you like you're a monster. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've been there, I've seen these things and I'm like, but maybe, you know, <laughs> but, but, so she's at more of the rut part of their relationship, or at least she's led to believe that. Well, that, and also like, um, there is these d- double standards and she even says this, we'll get to this in a second where, um, he thinks her using the cream is like, it's, getting bad. And he's like, I want to take you to the doctor. And she's like, this is what's going to fix me. He's like, you don't need to be fixed. And then she's like, that's like, you know, you're missing the point basically. Right. She's like, she's trying to tell him like, I want to change. I think I need to change. And he's like, you know, like he's only hearing it regarding the lotion, not that she has different emotional and social needs now than she did. You know, and he's not at a point to understand or maybe not willing to understand that. Um, but yeah, he also, uh, he, he tells about all the ways that, you know, she, she's wonderful. And then, you know, he's like, you're beautiful on the inside and the outside. And he's like, she's like, Oh, you know, like you mentioned the outside, like second or whatever. Right. Like it's, it's a very rough conversation. So then at that point, then the episode gets a little weird because the goo, uh, that was on like on the basement floor is now the shape of a woman. Uh, and, uh, and we have, um, Stacy down there to go. She was going to go get more, but then she embraces the, the goo woman. Um, you know, <laughs> there, there's no better way to describe this book It is like a, a woman made out of the lotion. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, featureless, just goo. Yeah, it's it's like it's like not a T one thousand. It's like a T six fifty. Like it's not quite liquid metal, but it's like you know, like it's it's almost there. You know, like it's like Skynet was like, you know, hey, what if we just did a lot of stuff like Play Doh to begin with versus like liquid metal, whatever. Anyway, um, so they embrace. Uh, it's a very also to one of the one of the actors we didn't mention actually plays the role of the person in the goo. So a lot of that's practical. So credit to um, the people that made this because it's a very effective because you could have easily just CG this and it had been like terrible. Um, so credit to the actress that was standing in having all of that done to her and also to Kate Micucci to engage with it. Cause it's, it's like, it's the, it, it's that body horror element, right? That we, if you're going to go this far, then you need to keep, keep going and making us uncomfortable. Right. And so I think that's a, a very effective sequence. Yeah. I'm sure that uh, David Cronenberg was sitting at home and he's like, finally, someone gets it. <laughs> like it, 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 it. I think it is more effective to have something physical there. Uh, especially for the actors to bounce off of. Oh yeah, it, for sure. It feels a lot more genuine of a scene. If you see some kind of 
physical interaction with whatever the creature or in this case the the fixed the fictional like you know lotion monster yeah <laughs> the lotion monster it's like i'm gonna make you dead but also you're gonna look the best you've ever looked anyway so Silky skin you're, yeah you're gonna you're gonna be ever. so hydrated but dead you know um you know so i uh, so that then so then stacy comes back upstairs she's like um it was like uh it makes me also think of um, that um, creep show uh, episode, Gray Matter, you know, the very first one where it's like she's oh, just hell covered. Yeah, dude, dude, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the mushroom monster yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, she just creep, comes upstairs all covered, thing, all covered in gray goo. It's like you know, hey, hey, I'm, I'm back up here. I did uh, eat a dead cat out of a wall, but we're not gonna get into that now. Uh, so. Um, so she comes back upstairs and this is when Keith tells her she needs to stop and tells her all the ways that she's amazing. And then she says like, you know, you don't understand. She's like, um, she's like, you know, you don't want to change. And, and he, and she wants to change. And then like, you know, that, that, that he's like, you know, why do you need to change? And so then that's whenever, um, <laughs> oh, she also had a scalpel on her hand. Uh, I should mention this because she had again taxidermist. Like they set up, they set up all these, um, you know, uh, checkoffs weapons in the house because of the things they do. Like so, it wasn't like this came out of nowhere. But she had the scalpel. Yeah, it wasn't a leg of lamb that was about to get uh, roasted or anything. Yeah, right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that good call. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's one of these. Well, maybe it takes longer according to how big it is. Well, this is a big one, all right. Yeah, downright it's big. <laughs> Darn right, it's big. So, but then, um, so then he's like, you know, confronting her about this, and this is one of those moments. Where I was like, what, what just happened? She takes the scalpel and just like pops him straight in the forehead. Like, it is upsetting because he doesn't like. He's confused, right? And it's like, and that makes it worse. Versus somebody just getting straight up like, you know, I stabbed you in the head. You're now dead. He's more like, oh, you you did that. That's not good. And it, it's, it's like, it just shows like how humans die hard, right? It's like, it's very upsetting, but also kind I of think, funny. I, I think it's a somewhat of a testament to probably how he views his wife. And, you know, like this woman who is, you know, not only his partner, but maybe somebody who's so gentle, I mean, outside of killing and stuffing of animals, um, that he, he's like confused by the situation solely because of that. Like what just happened? Like you just put a knife in my head or a you know, scalpel into my head. Like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but we don't really know. What, not, you know, he's not processing this. We also don't know like what the knife cut into in terms of like his processing centers. Right. So it could be like, you know, and then that's when he sits down. He's like, Oh, I'm going to pull it out. You're like, don't do that. Don't do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, and the sound work there too is amazing. Um, spoiler, you might hear some of that later at the end of the episode. Uh, but uh, and then eventually, like he's like, well, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna radio my uh, cop friends," and that's when she brings the axe out and just like cl- clocks him and finishes it right. Um, and so then uh, that's whenever uh, she goes to walk upstairs and she sees that there's these footprints of goo, um, goo prints that lead to the bathtub. And she sees the goo goo lady, um, you know, like just dissolve, you know, into the bathtub. And that's what I think. Yeah. Go ahead. I think it's an interesting choice for uh, a song to be playing at this moment too. Cause it's the, that the seventies disco song, uh, I believe in miracles. I think it's oh, called. Um, I think that shows up just a little bit later, but the, it's a slow version of you sexy thing. 
Uh, oh, and, okay. Yeah, and it, like, it's no, it's so it's such a good it's a good music cue, right? Because that that happens. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think it happens right there. You're right because like, she uh, she does that. She gets into the tub, um, and there's also credit to because um, <laughs> you see the stuff touch her face as she's like sinking into the tub. Um, yeah, it just I don't know how they did that. Like, I mean, it looks practical. I hope whatever it is, it's like, hey, you know, it's just it's just gravy. You know, like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, it looks disgusting and how it touches the edges of her face and her mouth as she's like sinking in, you know, it's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, you know, I eat Taco Bell regularly and this bothered me, you know, like I eat Arby's regularly. This bothered me. Well, the main concern for me is if it would be sticky. I, I have like somewhat of a phobia <laughs> for sticky stuff. So yeah, if they would be like, oh yeah, totally. I'd be like, hell no. <laughs> so do you remember those, like you could put like a quarter into a machine, get one of those slap hands. Did like, did those bother you? Like the little no, sticky it's, slap hands? It's like, no, like syrup. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That kind of sticky. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I agree with that. So then, so that's, that's when she gets out of the, um, uh, the tub and she starts exiting and that's when you hear the song. Uh, but like, she is like, you know, it's like Clayface from Batman, right? Like she's like stripping this off and it turns out they're like, like, this is like a metamorphosis, like a butterfly thing. Like her skin is clear and her face is clear. And also we didn't mention that, um, uh, she did it. She did a thing through the whole episode where, uh, uh, Kate, uh, Mikuchi actually had one of her eyes slightly askew the entire time. But then the moment she comes out of this, her eyes are both like, you know, straightforward, you know, like uh, regular, quote unquote, uh, her teeth look like better. Like this, I didn't know Aloe Glow did all that. Right. But it did. And that's whatever, like she you know gets out of this and she eventually um, she goes downstairs to Keith, who is, you know, bleeding out in the kitchen because, uh, you know, you know, he's, he's now for, gone. Uh, and that's what she taxidermies, taxidermies him. It's a little weird. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to say the least. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's he's sold up and everything. He's gotten that's probably. I don't know what people may consider the grossest part of this episode, but some people might get a little bit more squeamish because she does remove his innards um, for a second in this. Yeah. So yeah, you might see some guts for a little bit. But uh, yeah, so she stitches him up and props him in, uh, in front of the TV. Exactly where he would have been anyway. Be, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It just maybe just puts some uh, microwave meats in front of him. And, you know, Keith would have been a happy camper. Been like, hey, here's some of your innards. I microwave them. They're not pigs in the blanket. No. But I also like that as she's leaving that day, uh, like, did you notice like she has like the guts in like in, the, in a bag that she just tosses in the garbage can? on the way out the door. It's like, do you think nobody's going to notice that? Like, you know, I'm like, Oh, that's a whole, that's a whole large intestine. Oh, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's pretty effortless for her. It's like, you know, she's, she's dressed up nicely. Yes. Too. She also cuts her hair as well. Yeah. So, I mean, she's gussied up and she just throws all this stuff in there and you can see it just hanging out of the garbage <laughs> it's, can. It's, with it's like wonderful. It's wonderful. Around yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty horrible, but pretty great. Yeah, that's when she goes uh, to the bank and the bank bitches lose their mind about her. Like, me and, you know, like, you know, she's all put together, right? And then she, like, you know, like, she basically was like, tell me, like, like, tell me, like, you know, like, she wants them to acknowledge her, right? Like, yeah, her, affirmation for, yeah. you know, like all this uh, transition from ugly duckling again yeah. to like being part of the clique, being part of the, you know, the, the little group of bitches, you know, it's, I, and I say that with 
complete honestly, these women are horrible people in this episode. Yeah, we're not being mis- misogynistic by like like you know you know them bitches. No, no, these these women are terrible, and they're like you know they are they are bitches. Some of the vile things yes. that they're saying yes. about their own husbands and that it's just it's just it's sad that they don't get some kind of piece of justice thrown at them it's they won they they won at the end of this yeah they, they got her like over she got what she wanted supposedly right because there's that brief bit too where like you know and also I, I like there's that kind of ambiguity at the end where we have her like telling like tales out of school and she's like you know very like her whole demeanor's changed and when Caitlin's like you know laughing and smiling she's making this like direct eye contact with a camera where it's like she shifts from like uh like manic like over the moon to what have i done like back and forth like she's trying she's like this is the life i wanted but at what cost and the way she plays it back and forth and the way that they they have her kind of lift up a little bit to the way that they shoot the shot of her like it's like it looks like she's ascending a little bit with like a bright light just a smidge it's 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 an interesting ending and i like that it's like oh well yep yeah no this nothing's going to end well here you know like, yeah and no, i drew i drew yeah. a comparison back to one of the original episodes of the twilight zone uh the number 12 looks like you oh yeah uh, that's a good call that's a really good call yeah, yeah. it's just it's this uh this idea that to be uh, an individual is not necessary anymore that you have to fit in and you have to change you have to shed that you're out, you know, that the skin that you, you were living in before and get with them now become a different person. Yeah. That's a really good call. I don't know why that didn't occur to me because <laughs> it's very obvious. Right. But that was like, in that case, the, the change was forced upon the person versus, but she still tried to fight against like the change. And here, you know, it's, it's almost the inverse of that where like this is, she would do everything to be part of it. And it's like, at what cost? So yeah, like, um, yeah, this was this was really good. Like I, I dug it. Uh, I before you and I start recording, I was trying to recall the name of the episode that we covered last Christmas, um, which was that uh, Monsterland series. We covered a Monsterland episode eight in Newark, New Jersey, that was also set during Christmas. Completely different stories, right? But I got I got some vibes of it because there is. Um, they're both, they're both stories with horrific elements to them. And there's some graphic moments to both, but it just feels like, um, this had some elements of this where the horror was more cerebral and purposely so than just a straight up, like, you know, uh, tell us from the crypt or like, you know, uh, creep show, which I'm glad cause I didn't necessarily need a monster of the week type of ending with this. Right. And that's not what we got. We got horrific things, but it wasn't like her becoming this goop monster or the, or the makeup failing and all of them becoming monsters. No, that's a good call. And I, I, you know, perspective too, you know, audience perspective following along with Stacy, we see just her perspective, but everybody around her would probably see the horror. And then the, that Newark, New Jersey uh, episode, that is just, there, there's some horrific things going on, but it's all perspective again. Yeah. So that's, that, that's why I got some tinges of that where it's like, Oh, this is going to be a little bit more of an emotional rough ride versus like, um, you know, a scary good time. Like I just, maybe I'm not saying that correctly, but you, you know, like, I think I'm not saying that, I mean, there are different properties, but the, the, they're not dissimilar in some of the emotional tone that's going on. 
Um, at least, at least in my mind, I could be wrong about that. And I, as I am often, so. No, I, I think that was a good call. And yeah. uh, honestly, I think that it is, this is more disturbing than anything else because it's just the, this is, you know, the, the pure concept of this is, is so literal, mm-hmm. you know, like th- there are people with, you know, body dysmorphia and, uh, there are companies that prey upon these people, oh, which for is, sure. is sad. It's yeah. completely sad. And, you know, to attack commercialism, I'm all for it. I mean, how many pyramid schemes are out there about like, you know, um, like, you know, fitness and, you know, um, nutrition, just buy this tube of food and you'll look like this person. Only if you tell the other five other people and have them sell it, like, don't you want the good life? Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's never changed and it's never going to change. Yeah. You know, it's a, you know, all the way back from when TV and, uh, advertisement started, uh, you could only be better if you had this product. You will only feel better if you have this product. You know, it's like, it's just a matter of who's, who's selling it. That's it. That's the difference. Yeah. So I will say, um, that if you go and actually read the original story that, um, that this was based upon, which is, uh, look the title up again here real quick. It is some other animals meet. Um, it, it, there, there's similar beats here in terms of like, uh, perceived horror, but it's from the perspective of somebody that's actually like, um, they do their, they do a house party selling the, um, aloe glow and they're not a perfect person themselves. Uh, but they sell this and she, they, they have a reaction to, um, the, the, you know, the gel itself. Uh, but it's basically like they, they're, they're selling the promise of perfection, but they themselves can't, you know, be part of it. But also at the same time, like they don't feel like they fit in. It's, um, it's, it's a different take on it, but I could see where the bones of that turned into this. And it's an interesting story as well. I guess it's real short. People should check it out. But I think changing the perspective from a door, like not door door salesman, but like, you know, like a, a Mary Kay party person to somebody that has a, they have their own life. Like, you know, say what you want. Like, you know, I don't know, man, like. I know, I know you and I are not the closest in age, but the older that you get, the more comfortable that you kind of get in your own life. I'm not going to say your own skin. Cause that would be betraying of this episode, but like, you know what? Are you a weirdo? Sure. Like, but you're your own weirdo and you're not bothering anybody else. And I'm okay with like, and you're okay with that. You know what I mean? Like there's this thing where like her character, her, like Stacy had her own life. And if she wants to change that and do differently, she was like, you know, I'm not saying that she was not like within her power to do so, but the fact that there's outside pressure saying that what she is and who she is, is not accepted. Like I, the older I get, the, the less that bothers me. Does that make sense? Where it's like, I'm just, you know, I'm my own weirdo. And as long as like what I like the, the, the shit I'm into isn't like bothering anybody else. I don't really care anymore. It makes complete sense. And I think that the change in narrative uh, was uh, more fitting, mm-hmm. uh, especially considering that you want the audience to be more sympathetic. Uh, she is the the everyday woman in the, in the case that's like, you know, Stacy is a bank teller. She's not above anybody and she doesn't take on some kind of career that maybe not a whole lot of people would understand. Like, I don't know how many people out there have ever been in the perspective of being a Mary Kay uh, saleswoman and you know doing these parties i know some people that do these types of parties and that but I, that, that that number compared to the rest of the majority is very mm-hmm. 
minute. <laughs> and I also think it's very telling that we don't actually see her interacting with anybody really outside of her husband and her coworkers. Like what if there had been like a customer, like, like a customer she saw like once a week that saw her for her, you know, like something where like they, they liked her as her. Like we didn't, we didn't get a whole lot of her, you know, like not that I'm saying we needed this whole thing to go like another 20 minutes, but like we didn't get a whole lot of her life out. Like her life was her house with her husband. Um, and then her work, which, you know, I guess in a way, like we've been, you know, we're what two and a half years now, uh, dealing with like a pandemic and how our worlds all shrunk. Right. And our interactions shrunk. So, you know, like, there's probably a lot more Stacy's out there than we, but we'd like, um, we would like care to think about because it's just, it's frustrating and sad that like they, they, maybe they don't have the ability to like, to do the things that they want to do to make themselves feel better because everyone else is like, nah, you can just be where you're at and we're not going to bother with this. Well, this is the culture has been built up for her. So mm-hmm. like existing in, this very weird uh, and un- uncomfortable culture is just something that she has to do because not only does she work with these women, but the people that she's able to interact otherwise are in micro, uh, you know, moments like, you know, being a, a you know a cashier or something like that. Maybe you might have a, a little bit more time with somebody or being a waitress. You might have a little bit more time to get uh, a little bit more comfortable with them in conversation. And that when you're at a bank, it is like, I, I, you're here for a reason. Got to get going. That's later. true. Yeah. But I'd also say that like, no, like don't, don't you have like a work self and a not like a off, off clock self. I, I work in a warehouse, dude. I'm pretty much the same person. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Terry's an honest and genuine person and I'm not. And <laughs> That's one of the reasons I could not, I could not work in the, uh, the former career that I used to have, which was retail. I was not, suited for that kind of thing. I can't be a machine. I can't be something that I'm not. I wear my, my heart on my sleeve folks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, my weirdness uh, still slips out in my, uh, my work interactions, but I definitely have, uh, you know, work Paul. And then I have a uh, not work Paul. Right. So I get, I get that too. So anyway, um, uh, any other thoughts about this before we get to that twist? No, man, I, I said it before, I, I guess I'll state it again. I, I had a lot of fun with this and I, I can't wait to, check out more of what this uh this series has to offer all right a twist rating as always is one through five one meaning like you know we saw it from a mile away and five meaning mind-blowing um knowing that this was called the outside and dealing with like skin i was expecting it to get weird uh but i didn't expect it to get more like emotional or more um uh what's the word i'm looking for it is body horror but not the way you know, it's more mental body horror. So I'm going to give that a three. I wasn't expecting it to go more of like the mental route as opposed to straight up becoming like, you know, like a swamp thing in your house. There was some predictability to this, uh, especially considering she was the, uh, you know, in the position that she was and she wanted to better her life. So she had to use the cream in that. Uh, but as far as the outcome, her killing her husband and everything and becoming this, uh, you know, this smoked house when she goes back into work, I, I didn't see that coming at all. So I'm going to have to give it, uh, like a four. Nice. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. You didn't expect to see her actually come out the other end, like 
successful, supposedly, right? Like, you know. If, and Keith being a, a stuffed couch potato. <laughs> yeah. For the he, rest of his days. He's the biggest pig in a blanket. If she would have wrapped him in like a blanket and left him there, that would have been, because he's a cop. That would have been, been amazing. There you go. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> oh my gosh. That would have been amazing. Anyway. So, uh, I would have, I would have been like five. That would have been like a walk off home run. Like, Nope, we're done now. Like there's nothing you could do that would change that. So, uh, so yeah, that is our discussion here for, um, uh, the outside, uh, Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities, a uh, season one, episode four. Um, yeah, everybody, like, again, we told you 20, like, was it uh, an hour ago to stop, and watch it and then listen to this conversation. Um, even if you, even if you didn't, you broke the rules, still watch it and then check out the rest. We need, we are going to watch the rest. I don't know when, but I need to get to more of it because I'm excited for the other episodes. And I think this is like for running time. This is actually one of the longest. I think most of them are less than this like hour or so. So you can smash the room. There's only eight of them, right? There's, 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 um, a lot, um, worse things you could watch for a lot longer time in the holiday season. And I'd say mostly Christmas movies. I'm kidding. And, Am I kidding? Know, I'm not kidding. There's, <laughs> there's going to be some terrible winter com- or winter weather coming for some folks. I mean, winter is here. Uh, we're recording this in December of 2022. So if you listen in this future, uh, winter is still coming. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to stop. Yeah. But, you know, like, why not binge some show like this? I mean, there's some amazing creators involved with this. And I just... I, I, I'm all in for it. You know, it, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a hell of a ride and I, I've heard some great reviews of it. I, I mean, even considering uh, stuff that I've heard from uh, rotten tomatoes, which seems to be the, you know, the, the sometimes the scum of the earth that gets to that. <laughs> I mean, it's a little skewed. I will agree with that. Yeah. So, all right. So let's go do it for um, our discussion about, about this episode, the outside. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook. Uh, you, um, we're always posting weird images and you know, like, do, do you think I found some weird images for, for this episode? You bet I did. I'm also, going, I, <laughs> I, I will also make sure that I also get a, w- a wonderful image of Dan Stevens and his amazing hair. Yeah, I did as well. So I'm going to post, I'll also post a link to the, um, the short story, the, the graphic, uh, like the web comic of this as well. So people to check that as well there, um, wherever you find your podcast rate reviews would be greatly appreciated. Also, uh, if you want to send us feedback directly one through Facebook, that'd be great Two, uh, strange highways podcast, gma.com. Um, if you enjoyed this, want us to cover other episodes of the cabinet of curiosities, we'd be down or anything else as well. Um, we have spent, um, the better part of a year. Like I'd say with the exception of taking off October, um, we pretty much did 11 straight months of the first half of the first season of the, uh, 80s twilight zone. And it, it's a lot. And hopefully we'll get through the first season next year. I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot still to go, but if there's other recommendations, we'd be more than happy to hear it. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? We're on Instagram folks. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, having some fun over there. Uh, I know a lot of people have, uh, uh punted, uh, some social medias off the off their uh, their own planet, and they're never going to use them again. Never fear, there is at least one more social media site that we are on, and it is Instagram. So check us out over there. And I will say, if you are new to the podcast, uh, maybe you're just tuning in, tuning in on your dial um, to this. this you're episode. driving around in your '78 Thunderbird and just happen to kick on the AM radio. I get it. You know, thanks. Yeah. But thanks for giving us the time of the day. Uh, you know, it's a there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of yeah. uh, follow through podcasts that do shows like similar to what we do, but we do it better. I I we we have had a big bump 
and uh, in I, our. I was going to ask you about. Level. I was going about. I was going to ask you about this uh, off air, but I'm ask you. Did did somebody that I know named you uh, put a little bit of money into promoting the show on some social media recently? I may have. I, <laughs> I may have, or it may have been uh, a, a lotion monster. I a don't lotion know. monster. Yeah, you got. Uh, you know, it, you it got made some, a lot from sales recently. You got so. some <laughs> aloe glow money and some Dan Stevens uh, blue eyes to get people to put some eyes on our uh, Facebook page to listen to the show. And I hope everybody. I hope you guys check it out. Like really, really it's all. It was always funny because I checked my phone. I'm like, oh, so and so like this. I'm like, oh, I don't know who they are. I don't know. Oh, did, did Terry do something? I think Terry did something. Yeah. So yeah. So we've uh, on that note, we have reached a milestone on on Facebook of uh, 800 followers. So thank you guys. Uh, I hope that you are enjoying this ride, uh, and we are gonna get back into the Twilight Zone very soon mm-hmm. which what which i'm sure paul was going to bring up yeah let's just we're we'll talk about what we're doing next here uh, i was about to press the wrong button I, here how about this one well maybe it takes longer according- no, no here about this one here and now mr Serling. so next week we're doing nothing we're taking the week off it is the holiday week it is uh the christmas and then the new year's so we're taking a week off everybody i hope you guys understand you know like you know everybody has family things right so in the meantime, everybody should check out some other episodes of the Cabinet of Curiosities. However, once we come back, um, the first uh, week of January of 2023, we're getting into Season 1, Episode 15, Segment A of the 80s Twilight Zone. Um, and it is called Monsters! With an exclamation point. So, um, I, not Monsters, the syndicated series, but it's just called Monsters. I, and I, not Ah, uh, Real Monsters. Ah, Ah, those monsters. And they're, and they may or may not be uh duo Maple Street. We don't know. So uh we'll get into it. Um I think I saw this one as a kid. Um if it is, it's one of the ones that messed me up as a kid, and I'm I'm sure I misremembered it completely. Like as as proven by the misfortune cookie, my memory is uh not great with some of this. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well we're uh we're gonna experience it one way or another. It's gonna be a blind surprise for me. So I, I look forward to it yeah. every week. I look forward to it, man. <laughs> you're like, you're like, it's a first time watch. I'm like, yeah, most of the, it is right. So yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let's go do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, don't buy shit off a of TV. I just think, you know, like just, just buy stuff off Facebook ads. They don't lead you wrong. Right. And send me your stuff. Taxidermy to animals, please. Stabbed me in the face. How deep is it? Huh? Hun. I'm sorry. Should I pull it out? I'm gonna pull it out. Okay. Oh. Oh, jeez. Oh. oh. Oh, I'm bleeding. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it bad? Yeah, it's pretty bad, honey.